Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to look out for new episodes every Thursday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking Formula One podcast. My name's Ben Hocking, of course joining me today, Samuel Sage and Harry Eid, where we will be previewing the Styrian Grand Prix, the second race of the season. Guys, great first race, you're looking forward to the second one? Yeah, I am, I am pumped. I'm as pumped as Mike Tyson right now for the second race. It is going to be so good. Mike, Why Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson, he's the most pumped man in the world of sport. So uh, what was that? Mike Tyson. <laughs> Jesus. Well, if that isn't a good start to a podcast, I don't know what is. Um, thank you so much for that, Sam. And yes, Welcome. the second race of the season, of course, taking place at the Red Bull Ring, much like the first race, a race in which Bottas won. We'll be asking, can Bottas make it two for two? in our race preview, which is a nice rhyme that I didn't even realise would rhyme until I said it. Hey, I'm better than I thought. Um, We'll also be looking at our bold predictions. We'll see if any of us can get one right. Um, And of course, Fernando Alonso. I I think he's joined a team. Um, I joined Renault. I didn't really pay much attention to it, to be honest, but eh, we'll we'll discuss it anyway. Uh, Oh, and we'll play F1 Who Am I? Because of course we will. Um, but first of all, we are going to have a look at Fernando Alonso. It was confirmed that in 2021, he will be the man to replace Daniel Ricciardo and partner Esteban Ocon. Uh, it's, it's exciting. I mean, Fernando Alonso returning to the sport for the first time in a few years. Sam, what was your initial reaction to this? And what are your emotions? Are you excited? Are you a bit annoyed that this has happened? How are you feeling? I sighed in pure elation when it was announced. Um I think it's ridiculous. I th- you know, like a oh, hooray, all in one kind of thing. Honestly. No one has never sighed in pure elation before. <laughs> That's what Alonso does to me. Um, when that was announced, I thought this is the most 2020 driver announcement that could have been made, surely. Um, Alonso's going to be, what, 40 when he rejoins? Um, he's a bit old. So that's fun. Honestly, though, Alonso has got incredible talent. It's Fernando Alonso. He's one of the greatest Formula 1 drivers we've ever seen. I don't think he's going to be winning races, but it'll be great to see him out on track. Feel a little sorry for Ocon, having to go against Ricardo and then Fernando Alonso. If he manages to beat one, if not both of them, in terms of points over a season, then hats off to Ocon, because that will prove that he's more than good enough. Um, I'm a bit gutted for a few of the younger drivers. Zhao, I think, is definitely going to be good enough come the end of the season, and that could have been his chance. 
to step up into a team. And what's really the point in having a driver academy if you go, yeah, no, sorry, we're going to have Fernando. Maybe it's because it is Fernando. But honestly, it's Fernando Alonso. How can you be mad at Fernando Alonso coming back? I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, exciting indeed. And this one really has split opinion uh, across the motorsport fandom. Um, Harry, what are your views on it? I, I mean, should, don't really need to ask, obviously, you being a, a big Alonso fan. But uh, tell us your emotions. How excited are you that he'll be returning to the sport? Um, as president of the Fernando Alonso fan club, uh, I speak on behalf of everyone. We say we're very happy. Um, I am... I didn't think it was going to happen, to be honest. We've spoken about this before, and I'd, I'd said I would like it to happen, but I thought it was so unlikely. But then then Vettel got kicked out of Ferrari, and all hell has broken loose on the driver market. So, um, yeah, uh, look, I'm pleased to see him back. Uh, how well it's going to go, it's not. he's not going to get a championship. But even if it, he got on the podium, I think I'd kind of be happy. He's got some sort of unfinished business, business with F1. He was in that McLaren, which obviously was not a car capable of getting in the uh, on the podium um barely could get in the points by the end of his career his first career i should say um so yeah uh, i'm excited um i'm also loving the pattern of naughty's world champions coming back after a break because we've got schumacher raikkonen button that's a bit tenuous but it technically counts and now alonso uh, we only need Hamilton to retire and come back, and we will complete the set. So, Rosberg. Ra- oh, he's not from the Nordics, is he? He's that doesn't work. He's from the teenies. You know, lads and listeners, there is a reason why they call me the moron of this trio, <laughs> and I've just displayed it in one sentence. Just shouting Rosberg. <laughs> it could be from any reasons. My neighbour could be Rosberg for you, you know. Yeah, Jeff Rosberg, the worst road <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so look, I'm excited for it. Um, in terms of whether it's the right choice for 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 Renault, I, I, who who knows? Time will uh, time will tell. But um, in terms of a big scalp, they 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 were dented by uh, Ricardo leaving them after just a year. Um, so so to secure the services of Fernando Alonso straight after that, that's a for for Cyril, that's a big win. Um, no matter how you look at it, he's a double world champion. So, um, yeah, if, for them, it's going to be good. And, and yeah, I've seen plenty of people talk about the, the, the you know, the young driver talent and why they're not using, you know, why they're not promoting Joe. And we've there's the super license points issue. Um, but even without that, and I do think Joe is Joe or Joe is good. Zhao, it's Zhao. Zhao, sorry, sorry, Zhao. <laughs> um, I think he's good, but I don't think he's not. He's not a Leclerc or a Russell, a Russell or a Norris in waiting in the wings, is he? He's he's not quite that level. He's good, but um, is he F one promotable yet? I don't know if he is. So um, yeah, I think it's a win win situation for all round. And for people that are saying that they're mad about Alonso, you're not. You just think you are. So there. <laughs> so there's a message to all of you. Um... <laughs> Firstly, just from a personal point of view, am I excited that Fernando Alonso is returning to Formula One? Yes, yes, and also yes. Good <laughs> God. I can't wait for him to get back. And maybe it's a false omen. Maybe he'll end up down in P15 and he'll hate the whole time. I'm going to at least hold on hope that that won't be the case for the moment. Um, 
I can't wait to see it. And I know we bang on a lot about box office Magnuson, but Alonso, I mean, Alonso's Magnuson's dad in that respect. Alonso is <laughs> Alonso is primetime Alonso. I, he just is all about the entertainment. So I can't wait to see what happens. Um, is it a risk? Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I do think it's worth it. Um, they are replacing Daniel Ricciardo, don't forget. And, and Daniel Ricciardo is a quality driver. Um, and to be quite frank, I don't think any of the drivers they have in their academy, at least at the moment, are good enough to fill that void. Um, and Fernando Alonso, as a two-time champion, should be. Um, they have aspirations to be higher up than what they are. Whether they'll reach it or not remains to be seen. Um, but the the fact of the matter is that they're not going to do it without a quality driver. And Alonso is a quality driver. Um, you know, the question about his his age, I, I guess, is a um, is a pertinent one. He's just turned thirty nine, so he will be you know forty next season. Sam, do you see that as an issue? Do you think he might be past his prime? Um, honestly, I think with the way Formula One cars are going, I think. We're seeing that you can drive them both at a younger age and at an older age. Kimi Raikkonen may not be the man who's ever cared, but he's still driving that car at a competitive speed. Robert Kubica was able to do it when he had you know, a damaged arm and was an older driver. And even the likes of Lewis Hamilton now are getting well into their 30s. Um, and they're all incredibly capable. You know, Lewis Hamilton is, is the greatest driver we've seen in, the, in at least the last 15 years. And he's, you know, the second oldest on the grid now. Age is, is but a number when it comes to Formula 1, I think. I wouldn't be surprised if we see drivers start edging more often into their 40s when it comes to driving. If they can continue to put the lap times down and they can continue getting the results needed for that team, I have no reason to see why they can't be behind the wheel of a Formula 1 car. Uh, Harry, do you see age as a concern in all of this? No, uh, not particularly. Um, you know, uh, we saw Schumacher came back, and you know he he was not at his at his peak, but he was. Uh, neither was Mercedes. Different discussion altogether. But there were times when he could still, you know, put the lap times down, etc. So, and um, you know, Alonso's not even been out of out of it as long as Schumacher had. Um, so now I don't think age will be an issue. He's been racing in between as well, so he's not going to not going to be rusty in that sense either. So. Um, he, you know, he'll, I think he'll be fine, and he's not doing it forever. It's not a, he's not starting his career ever again. He's got a two-year contract, so um, yeah, two years, maybe three max. I see him there, but um, nah, he'll be fine. He won't, he won't need a, you know, Zimmer frame yet. <laughs> he won't need a Zimmer frame confirmed by Harry Eid. Um, I, th- I think it is a concern, and I, st- I still think it's the right decision, even with these concerns. But I think they are valid, at least. Um, you know, Schumacher, like you say, he returned at uh, I think he was forty-one years old. Um, and yes, he did get on the podium. He was fairly competitive with Nico Rosberg, but at least compared to the driver that he was, it was you know it was nothing in comparison. Um, and Kimi Raikkonen, of course, is forty now, so a year older than Alonso. Um, he's doing an okay job, but again, he's nowhere near as good as what what he was. I would say in both of those instances, yes, you're right. Alonso has only been out for two years compared to Schumacher, who was out for four years. I think that would be a fairly important factor in Schumacher's performance when he returned. And Kimi Raikkonen, in fairness, kind of peaked at about 25 years old. So maybe he's a bit of an anomaly (laughs) in that respect. Um, But 
if you look back, there aren't actually many drivers who have succeeded at the age that Alonso is now, at least had any success, really, let alone sustained success. I think you probably have to go back to to the likes of Nigel Mansell and Alain Prost, who are about 39, 40 years old when they won their championships at Williams. So you know, over 25 years ago, um, and you could argue at that point, the car was more of a factor than their driving ability was. Um, so I can understand any concerns here because no one is has done what Alonso wants to do in the, in the recent past. Um, having said that, even if he's not, prime Alonso even if he's 80% of what Fernando Alonso we remember that will be better than any other solution they had going for them so um, yeah concerns but I I think they go for it regardless Um, and just to touch on cost as well because I've seen that as something that's been raised quite a bit you have to remember Ricardo himself is getting paid quite a lot of money um, I actually don't. We don't know at this point how much Alonso's getting for for racing for Renault next year, but I can't imagine it's much more than what Ricardo is getting paid now. Which seems crazy, but Ricardo is getting paid a lot of money. Um, and I, I made the case back when he was in his second stint with McLaren in the in the dreadful Honda years that they should get rid of Alonso, and I made that case because. Them, that money that they were spending on Alonso could have been used elsewhere. But the fact of the matter is that money can't be spent elsewhere now um, because of the, the budget caps that are coming in. That it, it used to be that driver salary and money spent on car was inseparable. Um, and you could do ha- however much you wanted in each respect. But now, um, you know, car development is is restricted by how much um, by how much the budget cap is set at, whereas driver salary still remains outside of it. So um, I don't think that's much of a factor anymore. So I'm not too concerned about cost. Um, just to touch on the junior driver program a bit more, um, Harry, do you how do you feel for the guys that have missed out? Obviously, Guan Yu Zhou and um, and Christian Lundgaard haven't got the points they need at this moment in time but they could at the end of this season do you think it's harsh on them not having a seat for next year um i mean you've got to feel for them but renault are you know they've got an entire car basically an entire country behind them um you know paying paying for them to be in f1 uh they can't they can't afford to hang around and wait to see if these two drivers will have enough points by the end of this season they need they needed to snap someone up um, I think, in my view, at least, anyway, they could they couldn't just hang around because I know Vettel is on on the market too. But who who else were they going to go for? So um, they couldn't really afford to hang around for them. Um, and especially if they did hang around for them, and then they picked one, and then next year they didn't didn't deliver. They've wasted all that time waiting for, you know, waiting for this driver to come along. So um, for Renault, it was the right choice for now. I think. Get get Alonso in the car. He can you know potentially help develop that car. There'll be rule changes in 2022 where he has a contract for, and I believe Ocon doesn't. Interestingly, mm-hmm. so maybe that is an opportunity for a young driver to come in if Ocon maybe goes to Mercedes. So who knows there? Um, yeah, so I think they'll they'll fit they'll fit it. I'm sure they will. They'll feel they they've missed out on a on a big opportunity, but I think there could be another one for them just just around the corner as long as they hold on and get the necessary points too. 
Yeah, it's so difficult judging where opportunities are going to come in F1 because I'm sure, I'm sure, particularly Guan Yu Zhou, I'm sure he's going to be really gutted that he didn't get this seat. But, um, and, and, you know, we can say that there is every chance that another opportunity will be just around the corner. On the other hand, we've seen this kind of thing before where the opportunity has never come again. Um, think Pascal Verlein nearly getting the Mercedes seat. Valtteri Bottas True. gets it instead of him. Um, and of course, you know, Pascal Verlein doing a decent job in Formula E, but never really got a, another Formula One chance. Um, sticking with the junior driver program, Sam, do you, do you feel for the two guys? Yeah, completely. Uh, um, Guanyu Zhang, but the, mostly. I mean, the guy comes into this season, the very first F2 race that we have, and apart from reliability issues, I think he probably would have stormed away with the victory. He gets it on pole. Um, he then fights back for the league and makes a stunning overtake on Eilat and reliability struck but I generally think he could have taken that wing away and I wouldn't be surprised if we see him fighting for the front, up front again this coming weekend the guy's got talent I think it's silly to say that he isn't more than good enough to be competing as a, as a rookie driver in Formula 1 I think he's better than Latifi is and Latifi has a seat and he's much older so I think that guy deserves that Formula 1 seat but speaking of age he does have age and time on his side. Alonso might only be around for one, maybe two seasons. Opportunities will come up. You keep plucking away. You get those points. You prove why you're good enough. World champions could be made at the age of 20. World champions could be made at the age of 27. You know, there, there's no saying what year you win your world champion. As long as you're good enough and in the right place at the right time, it will happen for you. I think he is good enough. I definitely think he's capable of fighting for race wings and being in a strong growing team. But yeah, it'll be gutted, but the time will come. He's more than good enough to get himself into that sport. He's one of the best drivers they've got in that current F2, F2 season. If someone deserves a step up, he's definitely one of the people that deserves a call. It will come for him. Yeah, no, there seems to be absolute outrage from some people that Renault have got their driver academy and are basically neglecting to use it. Um, but ultimately, how can you convince the higher powers of Renault that they've got two options and the option they should take is the prospect of a rookie driver at the end of this season depending on how their F2 results go that's the option you have to take not the two-time world champion who has been you know who has won your only championships as a team you should definitely go for the first option it's a very tricky (laughs) pitch so um yeah I don't blame Renault for, for not going down that route and to be honest, this is this is on Renault themselves, really, because Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari, obviously the three, uh, I was going to say the three best teams in Formula One. Ferrari still maybe leaves a bit to be desired this season, but at least the three biggest teams over the last five years, they all have their driver programs. But none of the none of those teams recruit drivers immediately like they all go through other teams um you know for red bull it's um it's alpha tauri for for ferrari it's alfa romeo or haas and for for mercedes it's williams and and previously racing points so they've all got these feeder teams that these young drivers can go into first renault don't have that so they are you know they're left in a position where they even neglect the driver academy which they've done or they hire someone and they put an immense amount of pressure on them to perform straight away. Um, which, you know, you then question, okay, Renault, what are you doing? Why have you got a driver academy in the first place? You can't nurture your drivers, which is a question they'll have to answer internally. Um, you know, I, 
and we've we've discussed the super license thing before um there's a video that's going to come out actually on it uh very very shortly but um with Guan Yu Zhou I mean he's only got 11 super license points you need 40 in order to go into F1 so that that leaves him in a position where he has to finish fourth this season in F2 and I think there's every chance he does it but there's also every chance he doesn't he didn't get fourth last year. Yes, some of the drivers ahead of him aren't there anymore, but there are. they have been replaced with plenty of other quality drivers as well. If you consider Jack Aitken, Mick Schumacher, Giotto, Schwartzman, Armstrong, um, you know, Markelov, there are quality drivers in F2. Um, and, you know, if you, if you gave me a pound and said, OK, bet either way, Guan Yu Zhou will finish in the top four or he won't, I would bet that he would. But there's every chance that he doesn't. So you're asking Renault to take a massive risk at that point. And really, I'm sure Guan Yu Zhou will be very disappointed. But I think he's only got himself to blame thanks to some lousy years in European Formula 3. Um, you know, we, we've, seen, we've seen the likes of Mick Schumacher win Euro F3 that's responsible for 30 super license points. Guan Yu Zhou had three years in European Formula 3 in 90 races, he won twice, and his best finish in the championship was eighth in three years. You know, that that's a championship where, like I say, Schumacher's won it at his second attempt. Norris and Ocon have both won it at their first attempt. Lance Stroll won it at his second attempt, and he took 14 wins while he was there. Like I say, Zhao, two in 90 races. So, you know, I, I do have a degree of sympathy, but at the same time, it's his own fault he doesn't have the amount of super license points uh, necessary. And if he did have the amount of super license points and he was rejected at that point, then fair enough, I'd have more of it. But yeah, it's you didn't get the result, bud. And at the end of the day, how can you turn down the idea of seeing Fernando Alonso drive around in a pair of sunglasses? This is very exactly. true. Have you have you also seen he, he posted a video uh, like an hour or so ago about him coming back and at the end of it it's got a an end card with Amazon Prime on it so I suspect there's a there's a documentary on the way too. Love that! Cannot wait for Kamoa branded Alonso documentary. <laughs> I just can't wait for his dance. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Where he gets out of the car. Yeah, that is my that's my signature dance move on on a night out now. That's just my signature walking technique. <laughs> I also like to chuck in the vessel top gear steering wheel movement that he likes to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's his yeah. Nigel Mansell impression. Yeah, those two together really work well. You go from the back with the arms, and you swing it forward for the steering wheel, and you've got a real jig going on. Building up, of course, to the Styrian Grand Prix. Race two in the championship. Unconfirmed how many rounds there will be at this point, which means that points are ever more valuable uh, than normal. Uh, Of course, Valtteri Bottas won the first race, and now we question, can he make it two out of two, which would definitely help him in his championship quest against Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, of course, taking just 12 points from that first Grand Prix. Harry, I'd like to kick off with you on this one. Valtteri Bottas, do you think he'll make it two of two? I I think he can. Uh, we we've seen you know the sometimes Bottas his performances vary from racetrack to racetrack, um, and 
this is the beauty of having another race at the same track that it shouldn't vary this time. It should just he should be on the same form he was last weekend, um, and which was great form. I think he 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 arrived. He arrived ready to go. He, he beat Hamilton to pole uh, and then obviously went on to win the race. So I see no reason why he can't do the same again this weekend, to be honest. Um, he has always gone well around Austria. He's got a couple of wins there now, um, or Styria, I should say. Um, yeah, so I, I see absolutely no reason why he can't do it again. That Mercedes is clearly the quickest, uh, quickest car on the grid, uh, especially around that track. So I see no reason why not. I mean, you say Mercedes are the quickest car around there. It's touch and go with Ferrari. It's not much in it. <laughs> really isn't much in it. Anyway. Like the entirety of Italy in between them, but yes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And the rest. Sam, Bottas to win for a second week in a row? I mean, it's highly possible, isn't it? it the, the guy did a good job in qualifying. The guy did well to dictate the race first time around. I think Hamilton was definitely the faster of the two Mercedes over the whole weekend. Uh, Bottas delivered on that Saturday when it was needed, and then Hamilton when struck with a penalty. It just meant that things kind of fell into place for Bottas. And you know what? There's a Formula 1 driver to win. Sometimes that's what you need. You need a little bit of luck to fall your way. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult this time around. Uh, we are meant to have a wet race, not just a wet weekend this time, but maybe a wet race, which I think will balance things. And... Something that happened last weekend, which I think is a little more prone to Bottas rather than Hamilton or other drivers in that area, is Bottas seems a little mistake prone. Um, he falls off the pace when he's at the front, as he's also shown a number of times that he will spin the car, he'll put it on the grass or the gravel, or you know he'll just have an issue where suddenly he won't be on the track for a bit and have to pop back on again, and he's lost a lot of time. And that does seem to crop up a lot more frequently in Bottas's drives than it does in the like of Hamilton's or in Leclerc's, or more frequently Verstappen's. Um, so I hope he can kind of stamp that out and we can see a really flawless weekend. You know, no running off the track onto gravel and grass. Proper banging lap where he really nails it. Um, I generally think that he's got a real chance. I do think Hamilton is going to be more hysteria than steria. And I think he's going to be absolutely stunning for that top spot. You know, now's the time to take it back and prove that of course, he is the greatest driver of all time. Can he prove it against Bottas? You'd like to think so, but it's all going up in the air. I reckon it'll be very close. I'd like to think that Bottas has got every chance of winning, but keep your eyes peeled for the uh, the six-time champ. Yeah, and I think if race one confirmed anything, um, it's that Mercedes are definitely the quickest out there. Um, you know, practice kind of hinted at it, qualifying confirmed it to a degree, and then the race really brought the point home and that would immediately make you think that Valtteri Bottas, one of the two drivers in that car, has a very good chance of winning. Um, He can absolutely make it two for two. Like you say, Austria is a very strong track for him. Um, And whilst I would agree that Hamilton did seem to have the legs on him in the race when they were both in clean air, it was Hamilton who was able to catch up to Bottas. Bottas did a very good job of managing that race out front. Um, And if he can get pole position again, you know, there's every chance that, that he goes and he goes and takes that win. And you say about mistakes, Hamilton was the one that made that mistake last weekend. Uh, his incident with Albon that ultimately cost him six points and two positions. And, and Bottas, you know, he 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 did enough. Um, and ultimately, that's that's all that counts. Um, it wasn't a mistake. Well, <laughs> the race <racing> incident. <laughs> <laughs> Stewards don't quite agree with you. Um, <laughs> 
in terms of Austria, I mean, it it kind of it's not a good track for Lewis Hamilton at all. He performs really poorly at the circuit. If if you said he's had, he's had seven races at the circuit now in what has been the fastest car, you know, the first race back in Austria was 2014. So pretty much Mercedes have had the best car all throughout that time. In the seven races they've had there, he's only won once, um, which by Hamilton standards is very poor. Um, and you consider, you know, we, we do say sometimes that Mercedes have problems at the circuit, but, you know, Rosberg won there twice and now Bottas has won there twice. So essentially to teammates, Hamilton has given up four of the last seven wins at the Austrian Grand Prix. So this is definitely a bogey track for him. Um, you know, and Bottas has got two, like I say, and he's only really done that from four races where he's been in the Mercedes. And in terms of pole positions as well, he's outqualified Lewis Hamilton at three of the last four Austrian Grand Prix. So uh, not many people outqualify Hamilton, at least consistently over a four season stretch. So not a good circuit for Hamilton. Definitely a good circuit for Bottas. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them won. But in terms of the question here, Bottas, yes, he's absolutely got a chance to make this two for two. Um, and in many respects, I think he really needs to hammer down that advantage early on and, and make Hamilton work later in the season. Um, moving the focus on to Red Bull, um, we, we kind of saw early on Verstappen on the medium tyres, keeping pace um, with the Merck guys, but not really threatening Bottas out front with a bit more of Obviously, they've got more to come, especially from Verstappen's side of the garage. Do you think that they can do more this weekend, Sam? I think it's highly likely that we see a, a reinvigorated Verstappen. Of course, he had the reliability issue. No, he didn't. He stalled the car, didn't he? He, he literally messed it up by pressing buttons on the steering wheel. I think there was a reliability issue, wasn't it? It wasn't his fault. Uh, well, I, I think so. the initial problem was caused by himself, and then that ended up leading to it. Regardless, he had some kind of issue with the car which caused him to drop back. And I think this time out, we're going to see that Red Bull in full health. I think hopefully he won't break the front wing, which means that his teammate also gets the fair share of new parts discovered, which would be fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, Verstappen's always got outright pace and he's proven by winning two of the last three races here that he's quick. Um, Red Bull, that Honda engine as well, is definitely improved. It's definitely not the slowest engine anymore, that's for sure. I, I think there's every chance that he challenges up front if they get the strategy right, which it looked like they were going to do last time out. If not, a podium is 100% a possibility. Yeah, we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Harry, obviously, Red Bull just behind Williams in the fight for the Constructors' Championships. Do you think that they can overtake their main <laughs> rival um, this weekend? Oh, it was a big weekend for Williams, wasn't it? Um, yeah. You gotta say that it was a pretty disastrous one for Red Bull, and we had a lot of hype around Verstappen before uh, the last weekend's race about whether he, you know, would emerge as championship leader after the first round. Um, I'm not sure whether he, like you say, he was keeping pace, and I know he was on a different tire, but we and you know we never saw we were robbed of the chance to see the that fight develop. Um, whether he could have taken the challenge to Bottas and Hamilton, who knows? But um, I certainly think he would have been in the mix. Um, and yeah, this weekend, Red Bull need a, a, they need a big weekend, don't they? Because they've already dropped several points after only just one race. And in a championship that it could be sure, well, it's going to be shorter than normal, then every every point counts. So um, 
yeah, I suspect they're going to be in the mix. I don't know whether, I mean, if it's a wet race, then who knows? We know we've seen what Verstappen can do it in a wet race, um, and it could be complete carnage. So, yeah, I'm not going to write them off. They've, they're definitely the second quickest car, and you know, with a bit of luck or another bit of chaos like we had last weekend, who knows what uh, what could happen? Whose um, whose turn is it to take Albon off this weekend? No, that's his specifically Hamilton's job. Like no one else is, is allowed he, to do it. Is he taking it up again? I'm, I mean, good for him. He likes a challenge. <laughs> it's literally his job now. <laughs> I've heard Ericsson wants a turn. Good luck. Get involved. All the way from America. Yeah. The actual champion of our hearts. <laughs> Love Marky Eck. Um, yeah, I, I think if if all goes to plan, which it definitely didn't last weekend, it should be a P3, P4 finish for Red Bull. Um, they seem to be clear of the midfield, which apparently now includes Ferrari, but they don't seem to be up there with the Mercedes guys, um, which is a shame. Uh, but there are still points to be had. And 37 points they dropped to the Mercedes boys last weekend. So they have a long way to go. I know it's only one race, but Mercedes so rarely end up with a double non-points finish. Um, So to assume they won't have that this season, they'll just need to eat away at that gap somehow. Um, So yeah, they need to make progress and fast. Speaking of Ferrari very quickly, um, we know that some of their upgrades have been essentially hurried up. uh, And rather than appear in Hungary at race three, they will appear this weekend at race two. Sam, what do you think is an overall good result for these upgrades? What would you like to see them improve on? Can we just say that what a turnaround from that Italian workforce to go from having a a whole week or so of your time frame taken off on a whole host of upgrades is fair play to you. That that is a quality turnaround. And I think a good result for Ferrari this weekend comes in the form of fifth and sixth place at the absolute worst. They need to be challenging as well, I think, for... A, a possible fourth place. If Alvin has a slightly dodgy weekend, if he's maybe not on the same pace as the two Mercedes guys and Verstappen, you know, if he's languishing a little bit, Leclerc, with how he managed last weekend, should definitely be pushing for that fourth place. And Vettel needs to kind of get back on the horse. He needs to get going and allow himself to kind of put down the gauntlet of what he can do because he's a four-time world champ. Let's not act like the guy is not a good driver. He's definitely capable of leading that team. He just needs to get that confidence back. So, for me, at a minimum, a good weekend looks like fifth and sixth. And that is just a good weekend. Otherwise, they could end up being swamped again by the likes of the Racing Point guys, the McLaren team. Renault were looking pretty good. Um, I'm nervous for them if these upgrades don't go to plan and actually they end up having a worse car. We've seen it happen before. It could happen again. I mean, if, if you had told me a few weeks ago that this is the question I'm about to ask you, Harry, I would have said I was absolutely mad. But would Ferrari, being the third quickest team, mark a successful weekend for the team? Well, compared to last weekend, then yes, because they're, I think, what we're we looking at, the, f- the fifth quickest team there. The racing point yeah, is possibly. definitely quicker, and who else? Maybe the McLaren. Um, yeah, uh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And we knew they were in trouble, but we didn't think they'd be in this much trouble. Um, and, you know, some of the onboard footage of Vettel during the race that car just looks like it's trying to kill you at every single corner it's just horrendous um especially on high fuel so yeah uh, uh being the third quickest team this weekend would be 
a good result for them, I think, considering the circumstances. Um, Leclerc obviously got the P2, which they will be so thankful for, considering where the pace they had last weekend. Um, that that's a that's a huge result for them. Um, and you know, Leclerc got a bit lucky, but he also took advantage of of the opportunities that presented them, themselves to him. So um, fair play to him. But yeah, um, being the, a fifth, a sixth on just pure pace alone, if there's no, you know, safety cars, wet weather, etc., I think that's the most and the maximum they can hope for. I think it really speaks volumes for how well Leclerc did last week, that if they were looking at a fifth and sixth place for, for Leclerc and Vettel scoring points, they would come away with 18 points. And we're looking at that as an improvement. They actually scored 19 last weekend with Leclerc's 18 and Vettel's one. Um, so, I mean, that just speaks volumes for how well Leclerc did. Um, it's sad, really, from their sake, that they are fighting to be the third best team on the grid. You'd, you'd hope with the improvements that they can get closer to that mark. Maybe they won't get there fully until all of the upgrades appear in Hungary. We'll have to wait and see on that, but they'll just need to do exactly what they did last weekend, or, or at least Leclerc or one of Leclerc and Vettel will need to do it. And it's just absolutely maximize the performance of the car and see what happens, see what result they can get out of it. Um, they'll hope for carnage um, from the other cars and hope there are plenty of retirements, probably most prominently from the Mercedes and Red Bull guys. Um, but yeah, I think that's all they can do. Damage limitation at this point. Let's let's move on to some bold predictions. Now, first of all, we have to say we have to pay our respects to Harry's bold prediction from last week. <laughs> Harry Eid. Oh. He's notorious for not getting anything right when it comes to bold predictions. And we thought that was set to continue as he predicted that Nicholas Latifi would score on his debut. And it came so close. P11 for Nicholas Latifi at the end. So, Harry, so sorry that you couldn't quite get it right. But I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the park this week. What have you got? Okay, so my bold prediction for the Styrian GP is that for the second weekend in a row, uh, Lewis Hamilton won't be on the podium. It's bold. It's bold. Due to a retirement or just a... Um, I'm not going to say. Don't know. (laughs) Could be anything. (laughs) Bold enough as it is. Doesn't need to be bolder. All right, Sam, what can you counter that with? Uh, I don't think it will be as bold. It's about podiums again. I I think that there will be another, and I'm putting this in inverted commas here, midfield team on the podium. Um, I don't think Ferrari or Red Bull will be joining the two Mercedes guys on the podium. Ooh, I mean... Sorry, go on, Harry. So did you see that um, last weekend was the first ever time Mercedes, Ferrari and McLaren have ever been on the podium together? I did see it was the first time in about eight years that McLaren and Ferrari shared the podium, but that didn't occur to me that it was it was all three, yeah. They've never all been on the get... I mean, Braun, um, if you count Braun, then yes. Uh, but never as those three teams. That's crazy. How wow. weird. That is crazy, crazy. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and I'm sure, Sam, you'll be, you'll be sharing when we get to our poll one, two, three, as to which team and which driver you mean when you say that. <laughs> Um, my bold prediction is not quite as bold as that but it's the same kind of line I'm taking 
I think that Daniel Ricciardo in the Renault will finish fourth. Oh, okay, nice, like that. That's very exact. So it's very specific. Yeah, it will be a tough one. It'll be a tough one to get right, but I think Ricardo had more pace than what he showed, um, or he was allowed to show at least last yeah. weekend. So agreed, agreed. We'll see how that goes. Um, and of course, now moving on to pole one, two, three. Harry, take us through your order. Um, so pole position will be Lewis Hamilton, and then the win will go to uh, Max Verstappen. Second will be Valtteri Bottas. And third will be um, Alex Albon. All right. Alex Albon getting his first podium, according to Harry. Sam, what have you got? Uh, I think pole will be Walter Porridge, 4.7. I think that the win will be Louis Ham. Second place will be uh, Walter Porridge, 18.3. And I think... Third place will be Checo Tuna Chips on a Pizza. Oh, I almost don't want him to get it for that reason. <laughs> He's had enough, he has had enough podiums. Let some other midfield driver get it. I'd love oh. to, but my bold prediction is it's a midfield team. So if that comes true, then I'm happy. I don't mind if it isn't Checo, but I think he's the most realistic. Although if science does it, then fair play, because I think there's a chance. All right. Is what I'm going for. Unfortunately, it is the most boring of the three, but I usually Um I think Big Walter's going to be on pole again because he's a lad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I also Walter think he'll win the race. Um, I think he will make it two for two. Um, I've got Lewis Hamilton finishing second and Max Verstappen finishing third. So Valtteri is going to walk away with a championship lead that is quite healthy. Wow, interesting. Interesting. What's he having in that porridge? Almond flakes, maybe some berries, because it is spiced up recently. Just Albert just, flakes. Just pop. Oh, just pop. <laughs> maybe. I mean, prove I'm wrong. Maybe it's Hamilton. <laughs> that's um, that's a bit weird. Not gonna lie. <laughs> let's let's move on. Yeah. All right, and before we go today, we're going to obviously pit the two of you up against each other in a game of F1. Who am I? F1! F1! Beautiful. Um, I mean, that's got to be within our top five uh, jingles for games that we have. I don't think we yeah, have five games. It's at least even. five, so that's it then. <laughs> because, yeah, it's got to be in it. <laughs> Got to be in it to win it. All right. So here's how this will work. So you'll take it in turns. You'll have four each um, where I will give you three facts about a driver. All you have to do is tell me who they are. Very simple concept. So who wants to go first? Not bothered. Who's that? I'll go first then. (laughs) All right. Harry can go first. All right. Tell me who this driver is. I raced 46 times for one team. I am the okay. sixth youngest point scorer in history. And I was dropped in 2011 and later pursued a career as a DJ. Oh, I know who this is. Um, um, Jaime Algaswari. It is. Jaime Algaswari. Well done. How did you do that? Algaswari Nang. 
only knew that because of the DJ bit. <laughs> yes, I only knew it because of the DJ. I love that. Go on, Abishwari. What a legend. All right. First point goes to Harry. Sam, this is your first one. Yeah. I won GP2 at my first attempt in 2009. I yeah. raced for four Formula One teams. And I scored 96 points in 2014. But my best finish in the championship was in 2018. Um, was it... The Hulk. It was Nico Hulkenberg. Good answer. Back to you, Harry. I won my country's first Grand Prix in 1973. I won a championship either side of that year in 1972 and in 1974. And I won my last kart race in 1995 at the age of 48. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, can you say the first one again? <laughs> Is it yeah. Doctor Who? It is Doctor what? Who. Nice one, Sam. Getting in there with the steel. Um, <laughs> so this person, I, I won my country's first Grand Prix in 1973. Won a championship either side of that year. So in 72 and in 74. And he won his last kart race in 1995 at the age of 48. Um, oh, I, I think I know who it is. Oh, bloody hell. Um is it um, Emerson Fittipaldi? It is Emerson Fittipaldi. Good answer. Emo. Don't crash into the back of him. Try not to. Kill right. ball, ben. <laughs> now, <laughs> now going back to you, Sam. I won an F1 world title. I raced for three teams, Hesketh, McLaren and Wolf. And a future F1 champion won a snowmobile race entering under my name. Are you having it? Do I not even get the year that he won the championship? No. Oh, God. Um, can I have the three teams, please, again? Yeah, so Hesketh, McLaren, and Wolf. That's in order as well. Okay. Um, oh, um, James Hunt. James Hunt is correct. Get in. <laughs> Course, Kimi that Raikkonen. was a three-team giveaway, that was. Oh, yeah, he's the Snowmobile, obviously. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, moving... Just to confirm, I am saying that Kimi Raikkonen is the Snowmobile, by the way. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Glad to get that one clarified. Good. <laughs> all right. Good. To all, with two to go for both of you. Um, Harry, back to you on this one. I was born in France to parents of Italian ethnicity. I had an epic battle with Ayrton Senna at the 1990 US Grand Prix. And I entered the Indy 500 as a rookie in 2012 at the age of 48. What a lad. Um, Jean Alesi. Jean Alesi is correct. Did he Good enter work. the Indy 500? Yeah, 2012. I love that. Crazy Alesi just melts my heart. Never, never <laughs> knew that. Both doing very well here. Very well. Um, Sam, back to you for your third one. Yeah. I had two stints in F1, the last one ending in 2004. Right. I had five career podiums between 1994 and 1997. 
and I broke both of my legs at the 1997 Canadian Grand Prix. Oh. This one's tough. Do you think you know, Harry? I think so. Is it Panis? It is Olivier Panis, yes. Yes, the penis man. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Thank you. All right, and just one more for you both then. Harry, can you make it four out of four? I don't know. I've raced for seven F1 teams. The first win of my career was red flagged, and I won my final race in 2006. That's tough. That uh, is, I don't think I could get that one. Um, I won my final race in 2006. Yes. Um, Fizikella. Come on, Fizzy. Yes, of course. Nice. Impressive stuff. I wouldn't have got that one. Fair enough. Um, and Sam, if you can make it four out of four as well, go for a, uh, a 100% here. Okay, here are the three clues. I raced 28 times in F1, but scored no points. Oh. Bless. Bless. I competed in four Formula E races in 2015. And I was the first American to race in F1 for 13 years. Um, is it Scott Speed? Yeah, Scott Speed. Scott Speed. Oh, I love Scott Speed. I was just for his teammate when I was in uh, Toro Rosso in the old F1 games. <laughs> F1 love Championship it. Edition. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Good times. Scott. And of course, that 13 years was bridged by um, the previous American driver, equally successful, Michael Andretti. Yeah. Bad times for American drivers. Uh, it's been a long time. I mean, mm. it's a shame it's, Alex Rossi didn't make anything of it. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, well shall done. I pay the jingle? Yeah, please do. F1! F1! Congratulations. <laughs> four out of four for both of you. Um, and for those of you playing along at home, please do let us know how many did you get out of eight. Um, at L Breaking is our Twitter. We'd love it when you let us know how well you do. So please do get in touch. Um, but until next time, which will be the review of the Styrian Grand Prix on Sunday, uh, I think we best get out of here. So Sam, if you do the honours. Folks, you know what is coming. Big racing Oscar in the Styrian Hills, and we will give us all of our silly, silly banter and crew analysis of what's going on. So please don't miss it. Come back again. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, subscribe, share, get involved. In the meantime, I've been Sammy Sage. I've been Ben Hawking. And I've been Jack Joseph Villeneuve, the uncle of Jack Villeneuve. Very good. Thank you for specifying. And remember, keep breaking late. Podcast Network.